to Blast from the Arsenal. Hello Gooners, thank you for joining us on another episode of Blast from the Arsenal, your weekly podcast for all things Arsenal. I'm your host Angelo and joining me on this special midweek bonus episode is Diddley. How are you Diddley? Did you have a good Christmas? I did mate, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm, it was very good. It was, uh, well, I say very good. As good as it can be in these strange times of being in lockdown. Uh, but, you know, I guess I've been a bit like an Arsenal fan. You, you learn to make the best of a bad situation, don't you? So, um, yeah, and when that fails, there's always beer. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm still dining out on Christmas Day dinner, you know, three days later. I don't know about you, but I've, I've had so much of the same meal over and over again. I'm looking forward to the uh, the diet come Christmas. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I had uh, leftovers again today for lunch. Um, but, you know, could be worse. Could be it worse. could. It could. Did you get your uh, your, your uh, share of Brussels sprouts? <laughs> I did. They're still going strong. <laughs> As are the after effects, no doubt. I'm yes, sure. they are. Just ask my wife. Uh, yeah, I will. I will. Um, listeners, as ever, this is your friendly reminder to subscribe to our podcast so that you never miss an episode. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram too. Diddly, do your Christmas duty. Remind everyone of the handle that they need to look for. It is at Blast Arsenal Pod. It is always the same. So make sure you follow us. Um, now, talking of Christmas, we launched our Christmas competition on social media this week in the run up to the big day. And a winner has been chosen uh, at random. And that winner was Amy Taylor, who's at AmyLou8188 on Twitter. So big well done to you. We'll get your prize in the post ASAP. And a big thank you to everyone else who got involved. And I'm sure throughout, you know, the rest of next year, we'll, we'll put some more prizes up because everyone loves to win a prize. And if we don't win one with Arsenal, someone should win one from us, I think, you know. Yeah. Bit of uh, extend the the festive friendliness, <laughs> which is something that Chelsea did. Good Christmas so, spirit. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's crack on. There's only one place to start, and this is obviously a midweek bonus episode, um, and that is because we're covering the Arsenal v Chelsea match, which was played on Boxing Day at the Emirates, um, and the Gunners ran away with a fantastic win that was not only impressive because of the scoreline, but also the manner in which we won. Um, we we had a new look lineup. We did partly because Mikel Arteta's hand was forced by injuries and the COVID isolation guidelines that had to be followed. And we got to see the best um, from some of our best youngsters at the club. Um, have you got the lineup there, Diddley? I have. Remind yeah. everyone of, yeah. of the lineup and maybe highlight some of the changes that uh, were made and whether you were surprised by who who came in or would you have chosen someone else to fill those um, those gaps? Yeah, obviously the biggest surprise of the night was uh, Alex Runison not starting in goal yeah I, I mean I thought he played himself to, into contention with that Man City game but you know Arteta's the manager so we'll go over what he says is that his name <laughs> what Arteta Alex Runison Runa yeah. Runison Alex Runa Runison or was it Runa no, Alex Runison no, I don't know Alex oh yeah. floppy hands anyway All right okay anyway that's the stuff yeah Obviously, go Leno started in goal. Uh, Kieran Tierney and Pablo Mari coming into the side. Uh, Centre-back along with Rob Holding. Then we had Bukayo Saka and Hector Bellerin Mm -hmm. as uh, sort of wing-backs. Shaka and Elneny uh, in the midfield. And then Emil Smith wrote Martinelli and Lacazette. Is that how you saw them line up? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Saka will come on to for obvious reasons, but he seemed to be able to float around the pitch kind of yeah. however he wanted to. Because you say he, he, he maybe set up as a wing back, but you look at the goal that he scored, which we'll, say we'll talk about in a bit, he was almost up in the other side of the pitch. So, um yeah, I mean, we definitely have two formations at least in and out of possession, don't we? Yeah, I think because yeah. Kieran Tierney sometimes looks like he's nailed on as a centre back, and other times he's well, 
you know, he wins the ball, he wins the penalty. Uh, he's in the area, so he does. He does. You know. Um, now, obviously, some of those players that we've just mentioned have slowly been coming back into contention. Um, the first one in particular was Pablo Mari, who uh, I think he's still only played a handful of games really for Arsenal, hasn't he? Because he's just come back from injury. Um, but he was kind of thrown into that centre-back position for this game because, um, well, Gabriel served his one-match ban already, or was this the first of his one-match ban? Yeah, he'd already served it yeah. he came in to the side against City, didn't he? Yeah. During um, midweek. But uh, he came, Pablo Mari came in for Gabriel for this match because uh, he and uh, William and David Luiz had all sort of been in close contact with someone that had had COVID. Um, and I'm not sure, obviously, we played Man City on Tuesday, was it? Uh, was it Tuesday that we played Man City? Or made that up? Monday? Don't know, one of them. Anyway, we played Man City, and uh, I'm not sure if you saw, but Gabriel Jesus and, was it Bernardo Silva, both been diagnosed with having the COVID um, you know, disease? Yeah, so whether I think from, uh, Kyle, Kyle uh, Walker was another one as uh, well. Kyle Walker, that's right, yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think Gabrielle had actually just been in close contact with somebody, but the other two, you know, they, they were showing some symptoms of COVID, which is why they had to withdraw. And and the irony there is Gabrielle, we definitely didn't want to miss, but Pablo Mario thought did a, a pretty good job. Uh, penalty that he gave away a side, which we'll come on to. Yeah, I... I it was very good um you know different tools for different jobs uh i think when we play a team that crossed the ball a lot uh which chelsea did seem to do to be fair um whether yeah. that's because they were running out of ideas or or they were instructed to do so yeah um, but pablo mari was uh yeah dealing with them quite comfortably i thought yeah and in games in games like that uh you know, sort of teams like Burnley, where they sort of quite direct and they lump it into the middle. I think he would be perfect for those games. He's quite yeah. calm and in possession when he does sort of come away with the ball as well. So, yeah, apart from yeah. obviously the penalty that he gave away, I think you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt with that because he's not played much. Um, and it was around the 90th minute, wasn't it? So yeah. it could just be a bit, a bit of tiredness crept in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was interesting. I, I, I think he pro- definitely provides the aerial presence that we need in the yeah. box. Putting that headers. He's got a tidy left foot. He can ping a ball. I think every, every footballer has a weaker foot, I guess, unless you're ambidextrous with your feet. And I think you can tell his right foot is his weaker one. Um, but I, I thought he, he did pretty well, to be fair. And I suspect he's one of those players, probably like most players, where you need that run of games to keep your match sharpness and, and freshness. And as I say, he's coming back from a long injury and this is only his, maybe his third game this season, possibly. I'm not sure. Um, I thought he did he did really well. So I was, I, was, I was pleased for him and I was pleased, you know, with what he, he produced. Um, then the, I guess, the, the middle of the pitch where we had Xhaka and El Nani, um Again, Xhaka, one of those uh, chalk cheese kind of players. You know, he's a bit marmite, I suppose. Um, were you surprised to see him back in the starting lineup? No, not really. But I thought he was quite lucky to be. Served his free match ban uh, to walk straight back in. You know, yeah. it just shows how sh- shit we've been in the middle of the park. Yeah, because on the bench in midfield, we had you know, potential options in terms of Maitland-Niles, Danny Ceballos, Joe Willock, Pepe, well, they wouldn't play on, in the middle of the pitch, to be fair. Um, what does it say about those players that Jack has walked straight back in? Because he didn't even have the captain's armband, did he? It was with uh, Hector Bellerin. Yeah, Hector um, Bellerin. You know, I, I think of uh, Danny Ceballos, he was really influential towards the end of last season. And when we got him on another loan for a year from Real Madrid, I think everyone was buzzing about that. And it's not really happened for him so far this season. But Yeah, well, I, I, def, I was one of those people. I was quite pleased that we'd got him back. I thought it was a bit of a no-brainer deal to, yeah. to get him in on a, on, on a, another loan. Um, if, you know, if we haven't got the money to go out and get a central midfielder, it, it looked like a good option. Good bit of because, business. Because, like you say, he did 
towards the back end of last season, he was one of our best players. Yeah. But his performances this season, he's dropped off massively, don't you think? Yeah. Well, so I think one of our tweets of the week was um, was um, Danny Sabayos hasn't looked the same since he shaved his head or something. <laughs> so maybe right. he needs to grow yeah. his hair back, get that dirty top knot or whatever it was that he had, and and you know start playing well. But to see Xhaka and El Nani together, I did think, ah, oh, there's not going to be a lot of creativity there. Um, but again, we'll come on to match performance. We actually thought they did pretty well between them. Um, mm. But the, the biggest excitement for me, and I know it's one that we've been campaigning for for, for a little while, was to see Emil Smith Roback. Yeah, and while I do understand, you know, the need, and there was a lot of clamour for him to come back, uh, I think we were quite sensible with him because he, he'd come back from a long-term injury, uh-huh. and if we rushed him, you know, it could have been quite bad for him and you know to keep a young lad out for too long with injuries is is not good for his development so but yeah pleased to see him back in uh he's got his chance I thought he played really well took his chance to be fair yeah yeah I I I I don't want to make comparisons and people go you're joking yeah look you know he's only played however many games for Arsenal but there's something about his movement that reminds me of Jack Grealish I think it's the way he glides across the pitch with the ball and his turn of his turn of pace and how agile he is to to do that with such balance and grace. There's something quite similar about those two. And I say they're a million miles apart in terms of appearance and, and experience, but he could really develop into what everyone hopes he he will. Yeah, yeah he, he he plays with no fear. He's he looks to be two footed as well. Like he's comfortable going each way. I think that's, yeah. that helps a lot when when you drib when you're a dribbler. Yeah, if you can go one way or the other, you know the defender's going to be worried, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. We don't you don't know what you're you're dealing with, do you? And um, after the match, he was interviewed, and and he actually said these are his quotes. I look up to Meza Ozil a lot. I watch him in training and the movement he has and the little touches he does. For me to train with him every day, I can't think of anything better. And you know, I guess that's one thing to to think about, isn't it? Whether you love or hate Ozil. People still look up to him, and players like that learning off him. Mm. You know, for the, the little bit longer that he's going to be with us, I guess it's uh, take advantage of, of having him there. Um, so that was good. And finally, again, the, the other uh, positive to come out of that what that lineup was uh, Martinelli. <sighs> that kid's unreal. <laughs> that kid's yeah, unreal. I mean, <laughs> what a signing. When you think that we plucked him from sort of not, not from, even the top tier of Brazil, not, was, like the, was it the second or third tier? Yeah, yeah Brazil. Second, people. second, yeah, like League Two or whatever it, it is over there. Uh, to do what he does, the energy that he's got as well, you know, and the the pace and the, the stamina to keep going. Mm. You know, he puts a shift in and he sets an example for everyone else. He does. And that's what we've been we've been missing from that sort of left wing position. He's only just come back from serious injury, and that always worries me when they're going 100 mile an hour straight away. But there was one point where he'd, he'd literally run from like the halfway line to close the right back down, which I think was Reese James, and then it went back to the goalkeeper, and he sprinted towards the goalkeeper, and then it came out to one of the central defenders for Chelsea, and he sprinted after him, and he didn't get the ball in the end, but obviously just putting that effort in like that. I think that's where this time out of the team for uh, Aubameyang will actually be good. It would be good for Martinelli to get the minutes and it would be good for Aubameyang to maybe reflect and see that and think, oh, I want to get on the pitch, I want to do that. I want, you know, Because, understandably, his, his head went down, um, having not scored for so long, and with the team suffering for confidence and the results. So I love everything that Martinelli sort of embodies, if you like, and... Uh, I, I was really surprised, but kind of pleased that we were just seeing some form of change in the lineup because, as I said before, we couldn't keep doing the same thing over and over again. Um, so whether it was tactical genius or, or whether it forced his hand, and I think we know the answer, it seemed to work, didn't it? Because we won three-one in the end. Um, Talked through the first goal, did Liv? You got you got deets on that? Yeah, to be fair, uh, it's a lovely little ball from Shaka. Mm. Uh, on the inside of the full back towards Kieran Tierney, he runs onto it. He 
He does Reese James a, a kipper. He does skins him up lovely, doesn't he? Yeah, he sends him uh, back to uh, Christmas Eve, and then um, <laughs> yeah, I mean there was debate on by the Gary Neville and Martin Tyler as to whether that was a penalty or not. Um, I think it is minimum contact, but contact's contact. It's That's clumsy, it. you know. So yeah, it's a penalty for me. Um, you? Yeah, same. Uh, I think we've had bigger penalty shouts not given. Um, so, you know, that's that's the rule of uh, of penalties, isn't it? Sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. And I think with that one, he said he skins him. out. Yeah, exactly. He skinned him up. He looked like he was going to continue running past him and pick someone out, hopefully. So the fact that he took him down, it was definitely a penalty in my eyes. Uh, so, yeah, ref points to the spot. And up steps Lacazette. Lacazette. Confident. Um, was I confident? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I was. I think the one thing I like about Lacazette, I think he's got a decent strike on him. Um, and uh, it, it was a good penalty. He sent him the wrong way. Sent uh, yeah. Mendy the wrong way and scored his fourth goal of the season. So, it's, again, confidence and uh, another one for, for him. But you're right, that all started from Dracker. There's a lovely little ping of a ball to, to Tierney to start it all. So, um, 35 minutes in, that was a good good start for us. I was pleased with that. Um, yeah, I, I thought we, we, you know, there was a lot of good movement and energy, forward passing, and, and the players looked like they were fighting for for Arteta, really. Yeah. Because there were there were strong rumours before the game kicked off that, and I think it came from Le Keep, the yeah. French newspaper, that he could have potentially got sacked if they'd lost this. Uh, okay. I'm not sure I buy into that but yeah I did um, get uh, I did see rumours flying around that there, there was like leaks coming out of the squad and they reckon it was William and David Louise that were apparently leaking that you know half the players don't want to be there they don't believe in Arteta blah 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 um, again whether it's newspaper speculation or whether it's true or not I'm not sure but you know they say there's no smoke without fire so yeah and you know Possibly these these uh, COVID things are true. Possibly not. Yeah. Possibly, you know, cover up. It's a cover up, and yeah. they've had enough of him, and and he's had enough of them. Yeah. And and you know, the best thing that could have happened did happen. That the youngsters had to come in, and they actually proved we're willing to to run and put the effort in, and 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 more importantly, we can do it. You know, we've proved it. Um, yeah. So yeah, interesting. Um, fast forward to just before half time. I think it's yeah. Saka, is it? it Saka, yeah, Saka cuts inside, wins a foul, um, and he was causing problems all night uh, yeah. for them, popping up all over the place. Uh, free kick, Shaka, and I think Lacazette it stood was, over yeah. it. Yeah, what thoughts before they took it? Given our recent success from direct free kicks, mm, flip a coin basically, like. I've I've said from day one, just pick someone that's good at free kicks and let them take pretty much every one. Yeah, and for um, all of Jack's faults, he has got he a good shot a on him. Good free kick, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the right, right side for him. It's the it was the perfect position for him. And I mean, yeah, top draw. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, it, we couldn't have placed it any better, really, and the keeper had no chance, which was uh, which was great. Yeah, stat for you, you know, all of a stat. And mm-hmm. probably won't surprise you, but that free kick was Arsenal's first from outside the box in the Premier League this season. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't surprise me, no. No. I, I, I never could understand this about Arsenal. I don't think it's something in our DNA since Wenger took over because he liked to do the little tiki-taka pass-and-move sort of game, but... We had it the same with um, Lucas Podolski, absolute rocket of a left foot, but rarely took shots with it. You know, it was it was the odd occasion that he, he would, but it was almost like everything had to be passed into the net perfectly. And I think with with Jacker, when he first joined, I'm sure he scored long range goals in consecutive matches. I remember one against Hull City. Uh, I can't remember the other one. It might have been like a Middlesbrough or someone like that. I'm not sure, but. He can do it, or not in Forest. He can do it. He can really ping it. So why he doesn't do it more often, I don't know. And I don't know about you, but I think if David Louise would have been on the pitch, he wouldn't even have been able to take that free kick. I think Louise would have 
called uh, Rank on it. Wow. Good job he was. Indeed. That's Indeed. all I can uh, say. No, that's that, it. Really. That's it. it was very good. I mean, he must, he must score 9 out of 10 on the training pitch. David Luiz, yeah, because he's not come close in a game. The yeah. only reason that he uh, would be taking him for me is, is if he's doing it in training. Yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah, so 2 0 half time. Pleasantly surprised, I think. I absolutely gobsmacked, if I'm honest, because what were your thoughts pre game? I think I predicted 3 0 last time. Tell the people what you predicted nah, and exactly. maybe apologise as well. Not important in a way. It's the result <laughs> that counts. But I did, I did, you know, I was, I was playing underhand. I knew we'd win, but I just wanted to get everyone's expectations down so that when we won, they'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe it. So I, I, th- I did go for a 3-0 <laughs> loss. Um, but all jokes aside, I thought that's what would happen. I did think we would lose and I thought we'd lose convincingly. Uh, you went a bit more positive. Mm. Did you go for a one-all draw? Yeah, a one-all draw. Yeah. yeah. Score yeah. draw, score draw. So half time, buzzing, absolutely buzzing. Um, and I thought I was pretty confident going into the second half. Uh, I don't know about you, but I just feel like Arteta knows how to set up a side to sort of defend the lead. You know, sit back and and hit him on a break, do that low yeah. block. I think he's got that drilled in quite well. With, yeah, with the team that at the minute. The yeah. trouble is, uh, you know, we've not been taking the lead. Um, it's it's the first time we've yeah. led, I think, since the United game. So yeah. quite a while back. Oh, well, that's it. And then and then that kind of uh, tactic works very differently, doesn't it? Because if you're then having to chase the lead, you're more open and you're more susceptible to yeah. you know being too too open that um, you then concede again. Um, then 56 minutes. This was everything that I think. Arteta would have wanted in uh, in a team goal because it involved mm. the, you know really the the spine of the team but also just a quick pass move and, and run in um, because the, the ball started with Leno he passed it out to Holden he feeds it into Xhaka he plays a quick one to with Lacazette passes it on to Bellerin finds Emil Smith Rowe then goes to Saka and when it gets to Saka there's like a sea of blue around him and I'm thinking, that was nice, but what are you going to do with this? And uh, I think he surprised everyone by moving it onto his right foot. Yeah. Um, he seemed to give him half a yard. He has a look up at Lacazette. And then he does look at the keeper. He does. He does. Um, I mean, he was adamant afterwards when he was asked about it. Did you mean it? And yeah. He went, yeah, of course, man. <laughs> I saw him off his line, and then I don't know if you saw. Yeah. Um, he, uh, after the match, the Tammy Abraham. Yeah, but before the interview, Tammy Abraham was giving him something like you didn't mean it or something. Yeah, he sour grapes from Tammy Abraham, but yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I, I honestly don't know. Only he knows if he's tried it or not. It, it, at first, uh, first impressions for me was that it was a fluke because I wasn't expecting it to, to go in. Mm. Um, but having seen it back a few times, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, he meant it. It was lovely the way that it went over the keeper. Normally when you see a chip, though, or a lob, they're quite lofted, so they tend not to have so much pace on them. Do you, do you know what I mean? But this kind of pinged quite nicely across across the goal and then in off the, the upper part of the post and in. And whenever a goal goes in off the post or the crossbar, it adds, you know, 50% more excitement to it, doesn't it? It always looks a bit better. The um, the guys at FTL yeah. podcast asked, did Saka mean it? Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I'm going to say yes, because um, I think he's a brilliant player and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't. I don't think he did, but it looked nice. It did. And and you know what? Gone. Well, I was gonna say either way, doesn't matter. It still counts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is it. Uh, that moves us on to a bit later in the pod, but our tweet of the week. Yes. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. 
Beautiful. Go on, read out. Yeah, out so shortly after that goal went in, or something popped up on on a timeline that I noticed, and uh, it was from an at Natty AFC, uh, Natalie, uh, and she said, "Saka really making all of us horny." Yes. <laughs> Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah, he I, was. I yeah. think I think we can all agree with that. It was uh, it was sexual that goal, wasn't it? It was that it was that good. Um, but more yeah, than that, whether, general, he, whether he means it or not, you know, it was nice to look uh, at. Aesthetically pleasing it on was. the eye. Absolutely was. But more than that, his overall gameplay was just brilliant. He was involved in everything. And I know we're only what we're we, 14, 15 games in, whatever it is. Um, I felt pretty certain that at the at this stage of the season, based on what I've seen so far, maybe two games back, I felt absolutely certain that I could see an early shout for Gabriel being our player of the season because I thought he'd been really solid. Mm. But the more I'm seeing Saka play and the more influence he's having on creating chances, scoring goals, the more I think I, I could see him really getting you know, the player of the season uh, at Arsenal. So, fingers crossed. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with how he's developing. And he is the benchmark now, isn't he, for the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe and even for some of the more established youngsters in the first team, like Reese Nelson and Ketia, Joe Willock. He's the one that's really grasped the chance and, and you know, made himself um, the one that you want to put on, on the team sheet. Yeah, he's... Not just grasp the chance. I think he's got that extra little bit of quality needed. Um, you know, I I struggle to see a future for for some of those young young lads. If I'm being yeah. honest, yeah. Um, but you know, um, he's he's also shown the older heads as well. You know, uh, what they've got to do. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, like you say, going forwards, he, he gives us a lot, but he also does the, the dirty work. He tracks back, he, he gets stuck in, um, follows his, his man. Whereas, you know, Pepe and, and William tend to, to not. They tend to lack a bit of concentration, a lot of effort, and that all adds up to looking quite lazy on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think that, that <clears throat> if you focus on someone like Pepe, who he's competing with for that um, potential, you know, right wing position. Pepe will do nothing all game in terms of effectiveness, but he'll have one or two opportunities that will be effective, that will be an assist, that will be, a, a, you know, a take on that will lead to a corner where we get a goal. Yeah. And so that makes him look like he doesn't do a lot, but kind of when he does, he's effective. Whereas someone like Saka does all that plus all the other running around chasing yeah. and and yeah. if that's your let's say if that's your yardstick of what you want from a player sometimes and i'm not saying that about either of these two but sometimes fans love a player that tries hard even if he's not the best because they appreciate the effort mm. and i think that's what what sort of makes you want to sort of fall in love with the way that saka plays versus what you see from pepe um, and he's more dynamic, I think. He's not so easy to read. He will go in and out. Whereas, again, with Pepe, he always wants to cut in, doesn't he? That's his main. <clears throat> excuse me. That's his main way of of sort of operating with the ball. So anyway, at this stage, we're three 0 up, cruising. I uh, felt like Christmas Day Part Two. You know, something to be thankful for. Uh, but then I had shades of old Arsenal coming back because uh, a very close call, but Tammy Abraham scores uh, yeah Bellerin's what heel keep toes yeah something, something whatever it was <laughs> yeah it was narrow but you know these are the margins that can cost you a game yeah or can and win you a game and I did think oh we might squeeze this one we might have got it it might go in our favour but when I saw oh, oh, the... as soon as they put those thick vertical lines up I thought oh, there's no <laughs> chance is there yeah yeah, exactly. So it did go to 3-1. Uh, and then five minutes later, it, it really felt like the um, the walls were falling down and all that hard yeah. work was being undone because, as you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Pablo Mari stuck a foot out. I forget who he fouled, actually. 
I'm not sure if you can remember. But Mason Mount. Well, that's it, Mason Mount, yeah. He stuck a foot out. It was a penalty. There was clear contact. Um, yeah, we, we sort of uh, dropped off a bit. I think our levels dipped. I don't think the substitutes helped. Um, I can see why he wanted to take those two young lads off, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe and Martinelli, because yeah. obviously they're not had much game time. Um, but I thought Joe Willock was pretty poor. Ineffective, uh, yeah. Yeah, very much so. I thought he, his you know, decision-making was bad. I thought he gave the ball away a lot. Um, Pep Pay was, you know, his usual pepiness, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we sort of lost control of the game. I thought they were they were sort of keeping the ball a bit better, and yeah, I wouldn't say we were under the cosh or anything, but you know, no, they they weren't peppering us. It's just that the two or three chances they did have seemed to cause us some problems, and as you say, whether that's through tiredness of the players or or maybe it's been that we've not been in such a good position on in a game for so long. Our game management had kind of fallen apart a little bit as well. Yeah, and we did have chances before they scored their first goal. Um, well, before they scored their goal, to even go four or five. You know, yes. Like, you know, uh, Martinelli had a couple of chances. Yeah. Uh, Lacazette, uh, you know, he, he got gifted the ball from the goalkeeper yes. and probably should do better, I thought. Yeah, it was a weak effort. And even... Um, um, El Nani hit the bar. bar. I felt for yeah. him. I really wanted that to go in. Uh, obviously. Yeah, um, so, you know, it could have been uh, great a lot it. worse. Great for, for us. Yeah. Um, but Jorginho steps up to take the penalty and he's usually reliable from the spot. I think he's missed one, possibly two for Chelsea. Three this Three. season. For, what, including that one? Or yeah, prior I think so, yeah. 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 Um, and obviously he's got his little... Uh, weird run-up that has a jump step thrown into it, uh, which is meant to put the keeper off. But he couldn't beat our super German, could he? Because, oh, celebration time. Diddy's getting the cans out. And we don't well, it is to. Christmas. <laughs> um, cheers, everyone. Cheers, everybody. Yeah, I'll stick to my uh, blackcurrant squash. Um, yeah, Leno with the penalty save, which was fantastic because... As you know, in recent years, our, our penalty saving history has been pretty poor. But I think that's his second save of the season from the penalty spot, is it? I'm sure he saved one. I can't remember who against, but he did save another one. Um, yeah, sorry, I can't remember. No, don't, don't worry, it's irrelevant. But uh, if that had been 3-2, I'd have been a bit more nervous. As soon as that... Yeah, saved, I think I would as well. Once that was saved, I felt pretty relieved that time was running out and they, they yeah. wouldn't have to score two goals in the short space of time that was left. Um, so overall a really really positive result a really positive performance and it was so nice to you know get to the end of a day the end of a game with just that winning feeling because you completely forget what it feels like don't you Um, and more so the fact it was against a a London rival and we were probably written off before we'd even kicked a ball Uh, yeah I mean no you know the question is how good were we with these youngsters in you know coming in and, and bringing that energy or were Chelsea like, lazy as lazy yeah you know Lampard's you know wasn't impressed and I, I wasn't overly impressed with with what I saw from them no. to be honest no um I'm surprised at how high they are in the league yeah I mean if you look at their uh starting lineup on paper, it's very strong, actually. You think they've got Edouard Mendy in goal, who has actually performed very well since coming in from Wren. I think he's, he's done a pretty good job. Um, Thiago Silva, who personally I think passed it and not strong enough or quick enough to play in the Premier League. That's just my opinion. Rhys James has done well uh, right back. Ben Chilwell played great for Leicester. Maybe not reached those levels yet with Chelsea. Yeah. Um, Kurt Zuma, uh, Kovacic. N'Golo Kante, whose name is now known as Martinelli's bitch, because he put him on his ass, didn't he? I don't know if you saw that. He skinned him up and put him on his bum. Um, Mason Mount, Timo Werner, uh, Christian Pulisic and Tammy Abraham. You know, a lot of Chelsea fans pre-game were going, this is over before it's even started. You know, you, your, your line-up's pathetic compared to ours. And 
Well, just, I didn't know Pulisic was playing until the 81st minute, so... Yeah. yeah. That's how quiet he was. Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing, I mean, I don't care about Chelsea, obviously, um, but one thing I do find interesting is Pepe costs 72 million and gets absolutely battered by pundits. Mm. You know, Arsenal fans, okay, fine, we can criticise our own, but pundits and everyone else. But, like, Timo Werner, I don't know, how many, was he 50 million? Something yeah. like that. And... And that was cheap because I think he was last year of his contract into yeah into his last year of his contract. Um, But you know, no one bats an eyelid at Kai Havertz. He's already done anything. Kai Havertz, ninety million pounds. I mean, I'm not being funny, but based on that performance alone, I'd I'd have Saka over him any day of the week. You know, somebody posted, and I know you you can make these statistics sound good for your own um, benefit, but somebody posted an image of Martinelli, Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe and put £6 million worth of, you know, business there. Yeah. Just blows your mind, doesn't it? That if you play the right players who have the right hunger and attitude, you can can achieve a lot. Um, So we'll see. Now, the other good news is uh, obviously we played yesterday, Saturday. Sunday, today, um, Leeds beat Burnley, which is kind of uh, a draw would have sort of been better suited for Arsenal because they are, um, I guess, you know, rivals in terms of where we are in the table at the moment. Um, That actually propels Leeds up to 11th on uh, 20 points, which is only three points ahead of us. So it goes to show that a few wins and you can be on your way. Um, but Burnley remain on 13 points, so they're four points behind us. Uh, West Ham and Brighton, they drew two all. Uh, we play Brighton next. So, again, a, a kind of a good result for us. It would have been better for them to lose, but a good result for us because that leaves them, again, level on points with Burnley uh, in 16th, but on 13 points. So we've got a nice little cushion there. And West Brom uh, are currently losing 1-0 to Liverpool. And we've had some flack this week, haven't we, from um, new West Brom manager Sam Allardyce. Um, yeah. He shed, shed a bit of light on that one, did Lee? What's you been saying? Uh, well, yeah, he seems to think that we are relegation candidates. Yes. Yeah. Which, um, even before this this win, I didn't think we were, to be fair. Yeah. Too good to go down. Yeah, I think we are, yeah. Just when you look at the three that are bottom, the bottom three are terrible. I mean, Sheffield United, I, I think I read a, something today. They, they, they lost again, didn't they? Yeah, they've got a record which is the worst after this many games in, I don't know, the history of the world ever, ever, ever type thing. It's really that bad. Um, so... He, yeah, he, he. I mean, he was doing what what he's meant to be doing, isn't he? I guess Sam Allardyce is throwing mud at the teams around him to um, unsettle them and and you know yeah, try and get yeah. into their get into their heads, isn't he? Um, so you know, I say some really positive results so far, and hopefully Liverpool can uh, hold on to that because we don't want, uh, as I say, some of our our neighbouring teams in the table to come up uh, against us. Um, but we have got a positive run. Of fixtures, and I, I mean that in as much as the next five are, um, you know, against teams that we, we could easily pick up maximum points from. So Tuesday we play Brighton away, who I said are um, four points behind us. We then got West Brom uh, again away, uh, and on the basis that West Brom lose this, are they second bottom at the moment? Is that right? Uh, let's see if I can quickly get the Premier League table up just to see. Come on, come on, come on. Table. Yeah, West Brom are second bottom at about seven points. So we're still 10 points ahead of them. But the further we can propel ourselves away from, from those teams, the better. Um, we've got an FA Cup game against Newcastle. That's kind of neither here on there for the league. But then we've got Crystal Palace, Newcastle, Southampton. You know, to me, what, one, two, three, four, out of those five Premier League games, I would say that. On paper, Southampton, because of where they are in, in form at the moment and, and in the table. The others, we should be looking to get maximum points out of. Yeah, I think so. And uh, if we can sort of go on a bit of a run and just propel ourselves up the table, get some daylight uh, and close on, on some of those above us. Um, yeah. All this uh, negative 
talk might stop a bit, uh, might slow down at least. And uh, Arteta can just get on with his job and the players can just enjoy their football and, and play play football, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I say, we're, we're 15th at the moment on 17 points, but a win would propel us up to sort of 11th, 12th. So we're, we're close to mid-table. And, I mean, uh, yeah, don't get me wrong, that's not a good where we should be or, no, or you know it's it. not a good position for Arsenal Football Club but in the grand scheme of things at the minute it's, uh, it's, it's better where we are isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean the other positives at the moment sorry I just need to say this before I forget yeah Spurs they quickly went from being world champions to eighth in the Premier League you know um, life comes at you fast yeah um, yeah, that's that's what I was going to point out as well. Good. I, I saw that as well. So yeah, um, good. Now we've got some questions from some listeners. Should we do those now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some transfer rumours, aren't we? Yeah. Is there a as some... January is approaching fast? Indeed. It is. Okay. So this was not a question, but so much as a, a comment, and it's from at Pepe underscore Fran six. Uh, and he says the young guns disturb. Start again. I've done him a disservice there. The young guns deserve to start every match. That's his comment. Mm. Um, I don't know if he means the young guns that played in this particular match or the young guns in general, because as you said, I I have to agree. I'm not sure there's going to be a future for some of them in the long term at the club. Um, yeah. It's funny, um, when I'm watching the game, my missus doesn't pay too much attention to it. You know, uh, it's on whatever. She's looking at her phone. Uh, she, uh, yeah, last night she says to me, um, oh, it, it, this looks like a different Arsenal team. Has he finally dropped the old boys and got the youngsters in? <laughs> <laughs> she knows. Yeah. She knows. It was the it was the manner, wasn't it, in which they played. It was the speed in which the intensity that we moved the ball around. And with respect, if she doesn't really watch them that often and even she sees it, there's something in that. So Well yeah, it is. And and these guys, the the young lads, they've been at the club for a while and obviously on the pitch you build relationships and uh, if they're playing they were playing regularly, you know, Emil Smith Rose, Saka playing in the under-23s together, under-18s together. You know, they know what each other's about and what yeah. where the movement, where it's going to go and, and when to give and go. Whereas, you know, players like coming in from another club, you know, Willian, with all due respect, you know, he's, he doesn't know if Aubameyang is going to go left or right yet. No, no. Um, they've not built these relationships on the pitch yeah, in in those areas, and I think it's been costly for us. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, at at the original JC uh, responded to that uh, comment by Pepe underscore Francis and said, "There's too many games, but they do need to start in the big games, definitely." Um, I don't know if it's it's trying to find that balance between having the right experience but having the right players to carry out you know, the game plan for you. Yeah. Um, and I do think they, they have got a big part to play. So, you know, hopefully Arteta can can crack it because uh, at Darren underscore Dupree uh, said, will Arteta learn? Uh, and by that, I think he's referring to yeah. don't keep sticking to the players that are not getting us anywhere. Um, so, I think, will Arteta... I think, yeah, I don't know that he will, but... Uh, I hope he does. Mm. I think based on like last night's performance, so you can't really drop any of those young lads. So I, I mean, what that would do for their confidence and their momentum, mm. I think, could be really bad. You know, you've yeah. got players just to throw William back in after that. I think would just be he's a got, ridiculous he's got thing to do. Let's be honest, he's got to He has, he has. Um, how long are they out for? Do you know? Well, well 
Gabriel misses three games. Yes, I see that, which is um, frustrating. But the other two, I think it's just the one, um, depending on whether they test positive or not. Positive or not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, time will tell. Time will tell. Um, Right. Uh, Our good friend Stephen at Cannon Chatter. He said, COVID may have saved Arteta's job. His hand was forced with Willian Louise and Gabriel out due to close contact. And Mario Martinelli were both excellent. The energy of Saka Martinelli and Emil Smith-Rowe made the difference. And hopefully this sets a new standard. Which, as you say, is exactly what we just said. We hope so too. Uh, they, have, yeah. they are sort of setting that benchmark. I mean, I wonder if Arteta went into that game and thought, we're on a bad run. If we can get a draw out of this, I'll be pleased. I honestly wonder if he went there with that hope, if you like. And... Yeah. Hopefully they surpassed his expectations so much that he is thinking, you know what? We have got a creative player here in Emil Smith-Rowe. I do need to play him. Uh, I also thought uh, uh, they helped to bring out the best in the full-backs as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, you know, they don't hesitate or seem to or, you know, dwell on the ball. like. And um, they were releasing the ball and, and getting Tierney and Bella in. yeah. Involved constantly. I thought they looked really good. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. I do think you're right there. Good. Okay, well, there were some of the questions we got. I'm just going to have a quick check in case there was any others that I missed. I don't think I have. Um, <laughs> I've just seen one from uh, Diddley that says, do you regret predicting we would lose 3-0? Oh, you only just seen. That. I've only just seen that. Yeah, and my answer is no. I don't. I don't regret it because, as I say, it gave everyone the 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 hope that uh, we're gonna lose, and then we smashed it. So it's fine. It all worked out well in the end. Okay. Good. That's my way of getting out of it. Anyway, um, so we're gonna talk transfer rumours, aren't we? Because we say it's coming up to uh, the January transfer window, and uh, we know that we've got some uh, gaps to fill in terms of quality uh, in our squad. We have actually made one signing already. I'm not sure if you've seen it, Um, uh, but David Ornstein confirmed it, so reliable source. He said, Bruno Maziotti has finally arrived from Paris Saint-Germain and the Brazilian medic is said to be making a positive impression around London Colony. Uh, Mm. Bournemouth first-team physiotherapist Nick Court has also joined Arsenal. Uh, yeah. I'll be honest, I don't know the other guy, but the Bruno Mazziotti guy, who's the, say, the medic, Brazilian, obviously, otherwise he wouldn't be with us. Um, he's the guy that's built like Incredible Hulk, isn't he? What's yeah, he's, a, he's rather a strapping guy. He looks like a rugby player. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, um, um, yeah, well, yeah, I guess so. We'll, you know, time will tell. Yeah. You know, this is one of these things now that, like, years ago, back in our day, they uh, you wouldn't really know who, who all these people behind the scenes. But no. it's now they've all got their, their own Instagrams. And I saw that, you know, I checked his earlier and he's changed it to AFC from PSG. Yeah. Yeah. So... They're like mini celebrities in their own right, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I think back in the day, everyone we wants quite, to know everything, don't they? Yeah, well, we were quite stable in that um, in that regard previously. We had Gary Lewin for so long, Lewin. didn't we? Before he yeah, joined and then his, his son there. as well, didn't we? So. Yeah. Um, so that's the first one. But you, you've got a list of players that have been linked to Arsenal, is that right? I have. So in the last sort of week or so, uh, I've seen some names pop up in different columns and on Twitter. and So I just thought I'd... Go through some of them and see what you rate the potential of them happening. Okay. So, an old rival, we've got um, Ericsson from Inter Milan on loan. Now, he's definitely been told he surplus to requirements at Inter. He has, yeah. Um, he, so, he's definitely going to be leaving, whether permanently or on loan. I think that's more... It was a strange signing in a way because uh, it was a year ago, I think, that he left Spurs in the January transfer window. And it's just not worked out for him for whatever reason. Do I think he would join Arsenal? Yeah, I think he would because I don't think he um, left Spurs in the best of circumstances. 
But do I think we need him? I'm not so sure he's the right type of attacking player that we need. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think we need a, a, one of the other players on the list that you're going to mention. So, um, out of 10, I mean, I'd say six out of 10. And that's been generous. Yeah. Okay. You? I, yeah, I mean, it's not one that I'd be too excited about. Uh, I thought he did bring quite a lot to Spurs. He's got mm. good passing range. You know, he's uh, quite decisive in the final third, but he's ex-Spurs. He's 31, 32 years old. Yeah. So, yeah, probably going to happen, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't play for Chelsea, though. That's the only thing. So, yeah. yeah. No, I'd rate that around a five, six as well, I think. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, Mauricio Pochettino is about to be installed as the... Uh, the manager of Paris Saint-Germain. So maybe he'd hold out for trying to get to go somewhere like that instead of Arsenal. Maybe. Uh, but uh, there you go. He's actually only 28, believe it or not. I was just checking that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. If uh, Wikipedia is anything to go by. Yeah. So okay. Fair enough. Either way, I wouldn't have him. I think we've got more, you know, better options out there. And And actually, other than that, I don't think he's got a, uh, a low wage. So from a money perspective, I'm not sure we can afford to pay for somebody like that. Mm-hmm. So, right, let's move on to an yep. out of the club. Um, one I've seen recently is obviously the William Saliba situation is yeah. up in the air. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looks likely he's going to go out on loan. Apparently he's got a ridiculous amount of offers. So it's take take your pick. Uh, um, he's his preference from what I've read is that he wants to stay in the prem, mm-hmm. uh, which could be interesting. I, I think if he's not going to get a game for us to, to get some experience in in the Premier League would would be good for him. Yeah. But the one I've seen I've seen that's um, sort of the loudest noise is PSB. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for, for me personally, if he's going to stay in the Prem, that would be ideal um, because he needs to learn more about the physicality of the league. I think he would do well to speak to someone like Callum Chambers and say, you went out on loan to the likes of uh, Middlesbrough, Fulham, you know, was it worth going? And I think he would probably say yes. Um, and I, I, you know what? I think he would probably be a good bet for someone like Sheffield United because they look like they're on on a goner anyway um and i, I think uh, for them it's a, a no-lose situation you know they could bring in this highly regarded french youngster that could turn things around for them at the back and for for, for us we've got someone that's going to play week in week out in the premier league in a struggling team sometimes it's in the, the struggling teams is when you get more of the action don't you so mm-hmm. uh, i could see that happening for whatever reason the whole world and his dog thinks he's brilliant but we don't um, at the moment anyway so if he's not going to do it with us I'd like to see him stay in the Prem myself yeah I can see him go, definitely going somewhere so okay any others alright yeah uh, let's do an in uh, yep. another loan deal that's been mooted is Vinicius Junior from Real Madrid yeah he's sort of a Brazilian wide forward, I guess, in the mould yeah. of, I don't know, I don't know, I've not seen too much of him, to be honest. No, I've not, but he's not long been at Real Madrid, has he? A couple of years, maybe. Oh, as long as that, okay. Um, I, I'll be honest, I don't know enough about him to say whether I think he'd be a good addition for us. I guess the only thing I could comment on is the fact that we've got good relationship with Real Madrid because of the Danny Ceballos uh, business that we've done in in recent seasons yeah um and i don't know maybe we could tell them they still owe us one because of uh nicholas and elka going there so early in his career <laughs> mm. um yeah other than that oh, i don't, I don't if you'll come i don't see this one happening yeah i, I i'd suggest he's probably too high profile a player for them to lose and for us to gain personally mm. but again it would just be alone so yeah. Let's do another in, and it's the summer one that um, 
nearly happened that we all wanted to happen and it's uh, our from Leon. I think that's dead. You think that's dead? I think I it's dead. Too. I think it's dead because apparently PSG are all over it. They've got the money. They've got uh, Champions League football. And let's be honest, we're an even less attractive proposition now than we were when we were trying to get him in the summer. So Leon are currently top of the league, I, I think. Oh, right. So well. I'm not sure it's one that we will get. But I'll, I'll rate that out of three out yeah. of ten. Yeah. Uh, let's do another in. Um, someone linked from the championship. We've got Emmy Buendia. Yeah. Norwich. Yeah. yeah. Uh, attacking midfielder, creative, good with both feet. I can see this having legs. Yeah. Uh, I'd like it to, but I think whenever you buy from an English club, you pay a premium. And I just don't think we've got the money uh, to do that, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. So as much as I'd like it to happen, I really don't think it will happen. But his numbers are incredible, and that's exactly the sort of player that we, we need. I'd rather take a Buendia over Ericsson any day of the week, you know? Okay. We just don't need older players. We need people that want to prove themselves and do well. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, like I said, I'd love it to happen. So. Yeah, I watched him the other week, and I was impressed. Um, he reminded me a little bit of, despite being in a different position, um, Alexis Sanchez. Yeah. He's good on the got ball. that sort of, yeah, good on the ball, sort of tigerish. ish uh, He quickly moves it with his, he's got good footwork and, and, yeah, he's good in sort of tight positions and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, potentially uh, that, that could, we'll keep our eyes on, on that one. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's do a quick outbounds. Ainsley Maitland-Niles has been linked to Atletico Madrid. I see this, yes. Kieran Trippier yeah, has just yeah, received Kieran a, has a ban or something. A 10-match ban hmm. for a betting irregularity. So they're after a right-back. Yeah. Um, can I see that happening? No, I can't. And the reason I can't is we were going to let him go to Wolves, uh, but actually we decided we wanted to keep him. I think since then he's shown how good a player he can be for us. Uh, and I think more more importantly than that, if he was going to go to Atletico to be a right back, that's not the position he really wants to be in. We all know that. So, you know, I, I just can't see it happening myself. But who knows? Yeah, I don't I see don't Trippier going there either, so. either. Maybe we could offer them Cedric Suarez instead. Yeah, yeah. That seems like a a worthwhile replacement so why not um okay uh, another in we've got julian brand from borussia dortmund borussia dortmund yeah yeah uh if i'm not mistaken young german is he full international Attack, i'm not sure attacking midfielder yeah. yeah he probably is yeah um I, I mean i guess he fits the profile of being young and exciting from an attacking perspective yeah i think um, he's 24 years old yeah but I guess Dortmund are renowned for being excellent players in the transfer market of getting full value out of their sales. And I sound like a broken record, but I'm not sure we'll have the money that they'll probably be demanding from a player like that. Um, well, <clears throat> since they signed him, his form has dipped quite a bit. So, yeah, I don't know. They'll probably look to to get a fair whack here. I have to yeah. agree with that. Um, yeah. I imagine that our signings that are incoming are probably going to be, uh, you know, rabbit out of the hat type thing where we go, ooh, and it will be, uh, you know, it could possibly be another Martinelli type buy from somewhere in Brazil or, or somewhere like that. Uh, unfortunately, I think that might mean that we end up with players that are ready for next season as opposed to the here and now, which is when we actually need them. Mm. That's, my, that's my worry. But, um, you know, a few more weeks and we'll find out for sure, won't we? We will. I, I think we'll go quite big, you know, on, yeah, I hope on a so. midfielder. Yeah. yeah so. And and I hate this phrase because it's so corny in football transfer way of talking. But having um, Thomas Partey coming back 
will be like having a new signing, even though he mm. is a new signing, because he's hardly played for us because of his injury. So that will be yeah. huge for us, won't it? You know, he's definitely been effective when we has been on the pitch. It's just not been often enough. Yeah, I have to agree with that, yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. There's one more each. Uh, an outgoing, it's not going to please anyone of us, I don't think. And strong rumours that um, following Belogan to Liverpool on a freebie. Yeah. yeah, I could see that happening. Mm. I could see that happening. That He's not getting enough game time at Arsenal. Uh, he's got the opportunity to learn from the best striking players, you know, best attacking players, arguably in the Premier League. Go and work for a manager like Jurgen Klopp. Uh, and, you know, Liverpool are, are renowned for sort of bringing youngsters through. Are uh, they, though? Well, you think in recent years they bought that, uh, God, what's his name? Oh, God, his name escapes me from um, Fulham. Young kids. Good skills. I forget. Harvey Elliott. Yes. Might be Harvey Elliott. That could be him. Um, and there's a couple of others that have, that have come through. I, I, I well, just he, wonder. I, mean, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I agree with that because he's been loaned out to Norwich. Yeah. I think. Because um, he couldn't get enough game time. Uh, they had to sell Ryan Brewster because he couldn't get a game. Yeah. You know. Um Divock barely gets a game. He's not a youngster, but you know he's back up and he doesn't play. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm skeptical. I, I, it seems like something that might happen, um, but I'm skeptical that he that he's going to get as much playing time as he as he will with us. To be honest, yeah, yeah, quite true, quite yeah. true. Um, I, I hope it's false. Put it that way, because from what I've seen of him, he looks great, and mm. he loves Arsenal. That seems to be the, the again the rumor that you hear. It's just it's hard, isn't it? It's trying to give him the opportunity without it costing us, and I mean, we're not in a position to be experimental to some degree, are we? I know we've just been saying use the youngsters, yeah. the youngsters that we're using yeah. and play games for us. But Logan hasn't really played enough, so who knows? One one that we need to um, get clarity on, but also he's in the last year of his contract now, isn't he? So. Yeah, he's got the same agent as Eddie and uh, Saka. Okay, well, that's good. So, you know, we've got a good relationship with him. Whether this is something he's trying to fabricate to, to push us yeah. to right. offering offering more, maybe. I don't know. Time will tell with that one. Yeah. Uh, and one last incoming that I read today is Eric Garcia from Man City. Yeah, I did hear about this. And uh, if you remember when Arteta joined the club, there were rumours to quite a few Man City players, weren't there? Uh, I think Fernandinho, John Stones, there were a couple there that we were linked with and none of them came to fruition. Eric Garcia joined in quite a high-profile transfer, didn't he? But it's not really worked out for him. Mm. Um, So I could see someone like that coming to Arsenal if we could get rid of enough of the players that we've already got, in particular yeah. Mustafi, who I think has been linked to Barcelona on a free transfer <laughs> at the end of the season. I, yes. I could see that happening. He's played in Spain before. Barcelona haven't got any money. It's, you know, Spanish league is not as hard as the Premier League in my eyes. So I, I could see yeah. that happening. But he needs to go. Socrates needs to go. You could argue Callum Chambers needs to go, uh, just from a numbers perspective. And yeah, Saliba on loan. David Luiz will be out of contract at the end of this season if we don't keep him. So I could I could see that one happening. It's just again how much. And I, I'd argue, is he the best solution for us? Well, he is in the last year of his contract, so potentially a free down, yeah, in the summer or, or get him in January. Um, but again, squad size probably not lightly, but yeah. Arteta obviously knows him quite well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I could see that one happening as well. That's it. That's all the transfer news that I've got for this yeah, week. Yeah. Um, if any of you guys see anything, uh, let us know. Retweet it or or send it our way. Uh, and or or there's a player that you like and you you want us to have a look. We, we can have a, we can do that and talk about it. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, next fixture, uh, well, today's Sunday. Next fixture is on Tuesday against Brighton, 6 p.m. 
uh, at the Amex. Uh, and then that is followed by a Saturday 8 p.m. game against West Brom at the Hawthorns. Uh, so they come thick and fast at the moment, don't they? Uh, which yeah. hopefully, hopefully doesn't do uh, you know anything to our um, uh, squad in terms of injuries because I think you know I see more players going away with COVID uh, protocols if you like you know or you've been in contact yeah, with someone yeah. you can't play and that, that's really going to hit a lot of clubs. But so we're playing Tuesday and Saturday. So what are we going to say Monday is probably get back into the normal rhythm of our Monday night recording. Yeah, why not? Or even Sunday, who knows? You know, give these people something to listen to on the the fourth of Jan when they will go back to work. We have to wait and see. Follow us Indeed. on at Blast Arsenal Pod, and you'll find out. <laughs> Lovely, it's seamless. Good. Well, thanks as ever for uh, joining us on this episode of uh, Blast from the Arsenal. Um, I guess this is the last one before the end of the year, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, happy so, new year and uh, to all the gooners. Hopefully, uh, 2021's a bit better. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for joining us. Take care. And uh, again, thanks for your continued support. And we'll speak to you very, very soon. Bye. Take care. from the Arsenal.